Hi, I'm Jeff Albert, director of the School of Music Industry at Loyola University in New Orleans, and you're listening to our forum series, a weekly meeting between our students, music executives, recording artists, faculty, and alumni, where we spotlight industry professionals and discuss important issues shaping the business. guest on this music industry forum is Emily White. Emily is an artist and athlete manager, entrepreneur, and social activist. She's the organizer of I Voted and author of Interning 101 and How to Build a Sustainable Music Career and Collect All Revenue Streams. She's interviewed by our faculty member, Billy O'Connell. I'd like to welcome Emily White to Music Industry Forum uh, here at Loyola University. Emily is a um, an amazingly accomplished woman in the music industry. Uh, she went to Northeastern University. She's, she's originally from the Milwaukee area. Um, she, uh, she went to Northeastern University. Northeastern is, is sort of renowned for um, its uh, co-op program, which, which emphasizes internship opportunities, or at least something that functions as internship opportunities, give, giving kids real world experience. And boy, did she take advantage of it. Um, she worked for a wide range of music industry um, uh, entities while she was at Northeastern. Uh, and further to that, um, she came in contact with a band that changed her life while she was at Northeastern, a band called the Dresden Dolls played on campus. She approached the, the front person of the Dresden Dolls, Amanda Palmer, who we all know and, 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 um, and are familiar with as a, as a pioneer in her own right. And they bonded and uh, Emily ended up going out on the road with them as a tour manager and being involved with them for quite some time. Um, um, as a matter of fact, she missed her opportunity to walk in her graduation for one of the coolest reasons ever, which is she had to be at Coachella with Dresden Dolls um, as they kicked off a uh, a massive international tour opening for Nine Inch Nails. Um, Emily became an artist manager, uh, started a, a company called Whitesmith Entertainment, where she managed uh, not only musicians, but also um, uh, at least one comedian. Um, and she's, she's now um, uh, in another uh, management venture, um, uh, Collective Entertainment, uh, with, a, with a different partner, and, uh, and is also managing uh, athletes uh, which we'll speak about at some point. So please uh, join me in welcoming Emily. Emily, thank you again for being here. So, 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 so grateful. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't even talk about the fact that you wrote um, a, a textbook in intro, for our intro classes that was introduced this year, which, which is, oh God, I'm going to do it again. Emily, because I'm going to get the words in the wrong order. I, I, I hate myself. I'm going to have to, you know. okay. It's how to build a sustainable, sustainable career. A sustainable music career. A sustainable, see? And How to build a sustainable music career and collect all the revenue streams. Yes. Um, so that's how you know this is live. Um, so uh, that book, uh, the minute I saw it, uh, you were generous enough to send me an advanced copy of that book. The minute I saw it, I knew it was really, really, really relevant to our to our students, and that it would make an amazing companion to the Passman book um, because of its concreteness, its practicality, its plain English. I absolutely love the way you you constructed the book by putting things in order, which I think is I I, I know from prior conversations is important to you. Can you speak a little bit about that? Uh, and, and I want to and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that this is your second book that you wrote another 
important book for our students, um, which is called Interning 101, which is a great book about how to be an effective intern and extract all the value that you can from the intern process. Um, not only extract, but also provide value as an intern. So uh, Emily, where do you want to start? There's a lot. Where do you want to start? Well, oh, geez, I also want to put a pin in talking about uh, hashtag I voted, which is a whole other thing. So we'll talk about that too. Um, I think I'd like to start with how come music? What was it about music that changed you that, that, that made, made this happen? I think that I come from one of the first generations and probably one of the first generations of women that were told, do what you love. Um, so for me, that was music. And also like, I remember being a kid in the eighties and um, not necessarily my parents, my parents are swim coaches and educators, but it seemed like all the adults would always complain about work so I just felt like if you're going to do something eight, nine, 10 hours a day, you might as well like it. Um, what a novel concept. Yeah. I, I don't have kids, so I don't want to tell people what to do, but um, the twist I would put on that advice, which actually we're doing it, I voted, which I never planned on is do what you love that helps others. Uh. Um, but yeah, I, I was ride or die music. I mean, <laughs> in seventh grade, I, my like, I, I don't like saying anything negative about artists, but I, I like my my like band that I loved kind of pre-taste in like sixth grade was um, Aerosmith and the Get a Grip era and all the Elise mm -hmm. videos. Um, so in seventh grade, I was voted most likely to be an Aerosmith roadie. And I really did become a roadie as a tour manager. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was ride or die music my whole life. That's all I did was, you know, buy CDs, listen to CDs, go to shows. And my parents mm -hmm. are huge music fans. So yeah, I, I've just been ride or die music. And um, when I found out that Northeastern, I'd never heard of Northeastern, but I found out they had a music industry program on like an Oasis message board in 1998. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, was like, wow. I was like, I don't know what music industry major is, but that's mm -hmm. my major. Um, and that's what yeah. I wanted to do. And I researched a few other programs, but that was the right fit for me. I was on a swimming scholarship and, and Boston was like a nice stepping stone city mm -hmm. from Wisconsin to, you know, eventually New York City, but I wasn't ready for New York as an undergrad. So yeah, yeah. I heard I music and um, wow. Yeah, I, my, my dad suggested that I be a business minor, which I was, but I was offended because mm -hmm. I was so <laughs> music industry, but I was, I'm glad I did that business yeah. minor because it was really helpful with accounting stuff on tour. Yeah, it's a darn good thing. It's a nice thing. It's a nice underpinning to have, that's for sure. Um, so uh, you remember the first song that just, that just blew you away where you just felt so cool listening to it? You couldn't get enough of it? What song was that? I don't think I felt cool, but I know I really loved the Beach Boys when I was in kindergarten. That's a that's a worthy, worthy target of your of your ardor that's have, that's awesome i have i have very hip parents yeah that's great yeah beach boys good good choice um so uh so as you um sort of nosed your way into the business you worked across a, a, an amazing range of of companies in in boston starting with powderfinger um you want to speak a little bit about kind of the little touch points of experience that you had as you as you worked your way into the the industry Definitely. So I didn't know what I wanted to do within music, which really stressed me out. And I meet students all the time going through that. And yeah. bosses would tell me like, you're fine. And now I'm the one saying that's cool. And I mean it just like they meant it, but I couldn't, you know, yeah. understand that at the time. So I wanted to try as many things as possible to try to figure out what I wanted to do. And then in hindsight, that was actually like the best background to become a manager because now I have the empathy with what it's like on the other end of the phone or the email inbox, you know, mm -hmm. 
to be in that position at all those different places. So yeah, wow. I interned at Powderfinger, um, WBCN in Boston, rest in peace. Um, so Powderfinger was Powderfinger was promotion, right? So they did yep. promotion and, and and publicity as well, I think. A little we are, but mostly college yeah. radio promo. I, as, I meet students at stuff like this who are like, oh, I get their CDs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, so Powderfinger was promotion. You worked the yep. opposite side of the promotion dynamic with WBCN, classic rock radio station. You know, great, oh, great. It was alternative at the time. At the time, it was alternative, but right. but, but it wasn't. Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. But like, but I remember it wasn't. What, did, but did, didn't we have a? Wasn't there a competing station that was really the alternative oh, yeah. station in uh, Boston? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. FNX. Yeah, FNX. That's FNX. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, the um, uh, then then I'm sorry. So after BCN, what else was there? So then that summer, I had the good problem of getting accepted at two internships, which I was right. like, oh my gosh, which one do I choose? Yeah. And um, I was able to do three days at WBCN and two days at Q Division in Somerville. Um, Recording studio. So another. I, yeah, sorry to interrupt. I, they actually had a little label and I was on the label side, but I definitely oh. the studio guys as well, for sure. Okay. So still, uh, even, even another sort of uh, color on the palette. Of 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 record business experiences, right? So so, Powderfinger, BCN, um, you know, Q Division for the label studio side, um, and and then what else? Well, I will say most significantly out of Q Division, I met an artist named Ed Velasquez who was on mm -hmm. the label and did some business there. And um, one day he asked me to put together some physical press kits and he was happy with my work. And I loved live music so much. And mm -hmm. he was like, hey, my band's playing the Paradise this weekend. I'm, I'm playing with uh, Letters to Cleo and Kay mm -hmm. Hanley. Do you want to do merch? And it was like a would I? Yeah. So yeah. Um, he paid me 50 bucks. That was my first paid gig in music. And awesome. I know we'll get there, but... When I did get the gig um, tour managing for the Dresden Dolls when I was still in college, Ed was the first person I contacted because oh. he was the tour manager for his own band. So he sent me a That's list great. of like 10 advanced questions that was the front of my binder for probably a couple of years. That's great. So you knew enough actually to, to seek mentorship and to, to, to get, you know, to go to someone for the information you needed, which is a massive uh, tool for, for people that I don't think enough people pick up, frankly. And people try to fake their way through stuff and they, they ought to ask for help when they need it. Um, okay. So, so uh, where, where do we go from here? So you're at Q division, you're doing three days a week at Q division and, and, and the other days of the week at BCN. Is that right? Yep. yep. So okay. um, Northeastern was on quarters then, which was greatly to my oh, advantage. Wow. Um, so that winter quarter, I did an internship at what's now Live Nation, New England, right. but it was Don Law company. Don so Law, legendary. Cool. Yeah. Totally. Um, and you know, in, one thing that's really important about internships is, uh, figuring out what's not a right fit. Right. So mm -hmm. I love live music so much. I'm like, oh my gosh, these people book all my favorite venues, but it was really corporate, which right. is not bad. It just wasn't really me. Right. Um, so it's awesome to figure that out when you're 20 as yeah. opposed to when you're graduating. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had a good experience. They had me writing press releases, which I right. don't know why, but, um, <laughs> Uh, but I did get a job out of that, um, ripping tickets and doing the guest list at some of my favorite venues in Boston. And they paid me like 18 bucks an hour and it felt like a million dollars and I'd let my friends in for free. So yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. awesome experience. And of course, I'm still in touch with all of those people. And, and you know, you touched on something that's incredibly important. Um, I, I try to get this across to, to students and nobody really gets it, I don't think, until they get it, which is knowing what you 
finding out what you don't want to do is incredibly informative. You know, it's not, it's not always, you know, people use the term, follow your passion, follow your bliss. It's, it's, I think that's, that's, uh, I, I see students get vapor locked by that. They just get frozen, like with inaction. Uh, my, my passion, the thing forever. I don't, but it's like, you can back into this by understanding the kinds of things you don't want to do as well. So I'm delighted to hear you say that. And, and, and I think that, that uh, students would do well to understand what that means. Yeah. And we'll get there, but you know, yeah. well, my plan was to camp outside Marcus Russell's office in London, who still manages Oasis until he would yeah. let me help with anything. And that <laughs> ended up not being my path. And I'm right. just happy or successful or whatever. So right. I like have those goals and dreams, but Mm -hmm. know that that didn't work out mm -hmm. but noel gallagher did dedicate don't look back in anger to me at a festival in germany so that I mean, you, well you got that going for you yeah. not that stuff but they say don't meet your heroes but noel's always really nice which is freaking awesome that's pretty great yeah no i like that uh, i like the whole idea of that um and congratulations on that thank you yeah, it was my it was my ringtone for years this was in like 2005 <laughs> and amanda palmer would be like save it for when you're sad i'm like no Every time <laughs> that's great so okay so you um so you you get involved with dresden dolls and you can tell the story however you wish but you sure. end up as a tour manager uh yeah, what there was, well sorry there, there was one more before then yes um, please for that following summer i interned at vh1 classic in new york oh that's right yeah um and i applied for a whole i really wanted to go to new york i applied for a bunch of internships didn't get any of them um, got this one at Beach One Classic, was kind of like bummed I wasn't at MTV2, like helping with Radiohead concerts or something. And again, like it really is not about meeting people, but I did meet my first Beatle and Roger Daltrey there. So, um, mm -hmm. and it was a, it was a television internship. I mean, the fact is you're a geek, you're a music geek. You love music and you're working in music. So it, this, these are the perks. Yeah. Sometimes you get to meet some interesting, influential people. You get to sort of have experiences that other people don't get to have. So it's a legit thing. I love that you that you're that you still can talk about that in an excited way. But I also point that out because, like I said, I, I really was bummed I wasn't at MTV too, where all the like yeah. things I was more interested in was yeah. happening. And then, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like don't be disappointed by that stuff. You're still going to get a ton of knowledge and experience and and all that. And right. that's a television internship. It's not a music internship. So yeah. Learned a ton. Um, we've sold TV shows, you know, over the past mm -hmm. decade. We're, we're shopping one right now. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that's like the smallest percentage of my entertainment industry knowledge, but mm -hmm. just having that foundation of certain vocabulary and terms and contacts yeah. Yeah. definitely helps. So yeah. I had seen the Dresdendals play at the Boston Music Awards, I think mm -hmm. in September. So I went back to Boston um, and I loved it. I thought it was amazing. And then they played at my school. Um, they played it after hours at Northeastern. We have a little non-alcoholic club that I guess pays artists pretty well. So keep mm -hmm. that in mind for post-pandemic times, which is why we would get legit artists. And they were a local band, but they were certainly on the rise. Um, so I was, I was really nervous. Um, Amanda was at the merch table and I introduced myself and I said, you know, I'm studying music business. I intern at X, Y, and Z. Let me know if you ever need help with anything. And she's like, can you come over tomorrow? <laughs> so Amanda... Yeah. Yes, yes, but I did find out years later that, of course, she had gotten offers from fans to help, but mm -hmm. they were fans, and I was definitely a fan, but she she was like, you were so clearly on a professional path, yeah. and that's how you introduced yourself, that it yes. stood out to her. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so it turns out she lived in this amazing artist commune that was like a 10 minute walk from campus. Wow. Um, and you know, you'll appreciate this, but you know, this is 2003 and she lived in a home with, um, her web developers, her music mm -hmm. video director. I mean, people didn't have websites in 2003 yeah. or like really yeah. make their own music videos and stuff. So mm -hmm. it was really, it's, it's called the cloud club. It's really a special place. And, wow. um, so yeah, so I would go over there and on one hand, it's really important for students to research everything they can about an artist or a company or wherever they're going to intern, you know, like go to every link on the website, you know, check stuff out on social media. So I did that, mm -hmm. but it's also important to show up um, and be a blank slate as far as the mm -hmm. tasks you're going to be given. Um, I'm Good. not trying to sell books, but um, this, the stuff that you're asked to do is all covered in interning 101. So don't be overwhelmed yeah. by that. But what I'm trying to say is, um, and if that gets too loud, let me know. I can close that door. Oh, no, no. Can't hear anything. Okay, cool. As a matter of fact, I had, to, I had to close door. That's one of the reasons I had to disconnect. I heard all kinds of sounds. My son's yeah. shaping a surfboard. I hear his electric planer. It's like all kinds of crazy noises. So, yeah. Awesome. So, um, so the first thing Amanda asked me to do is, uh, okay, so she was running the band at the time. You know, there was no team or anything. So she's booking, doing PR, answering fan stuff. And um, this sounds quaint to me now, but she was sending like a hundred emails a day and has a very aggressive style of keyboard play. So she had started to, to develop tendonitis. And so the first thing she asked me to do is take dictation. And so you can look at an interning task and be like, well, this sucks. This is like not what I'm going, getting a degree for. Mm -hmm. Or you can be like, okay, that's what you need help with. And yeah. I did it well. I did it with joy. And like, Turns out there's no better way to get inside your boss's head, a band's head, a business's head, a band is a business, than to take dictation. Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. still know Amanda's brain sometimes better than she does, I, I, I think. Um, yeah. because, and I think it's because of that. Um, so don't be above any tasks. And um, yeah, I grew up professionally with that band, did merch, tour managing, you know, Love you learned yeah. the graduation day, so. Oh, but um, from there though, I, I got an internship um, at VH1 in London. And so, like I said, that I'm like, I'm a total Britpop person. That's mm -hmm. what I'm obsessed with. And mm -hmm. so that was my plan. And I, you know, the Dresdenals were getting bigger. They were going on their first bus tour in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe I had to miss that. Although wow. so glad I missed it because it was like the cheapest bus ever and broke down all the time. Oh. Um, but I got this internship in London and the Dresdenals were like, that's your dream. Go do it. And when right. you finish that internship, we'll be here. So it was really oh, incredibly yeah. generous. Total. Great opportunity. Yeah. And I was still in school. So, you know, what yeah. are gonna, I mean, you're right, but whatever. So yeah. <laughs> um, in hindsight, it's, I agree with you, but now I'm just like, I was a student. Um, but they also did their first European tour at that time. So I was able to fly, you know, Ryanair or whatever and go to Germany mm -hmm. and go to Sweden and go to different places and, and see them. Um, yeah. So I had that experience abroad. It, you know, I know it's pandemic times, but Post-vaccine, yeah. if students are able to intern abroad, study abroad. I mean, I was just in England where they obviously speak English. And yep. the skills that I obtained, whether it's like being fluent with different currencies, mm -hmm. um, I can, you know, seamlessly dial international numbers. Like I was yep. teaching people in the office to do that when I was entry level who were older than me. Yeah. Um, so, the, you know, knowing the London tube system, right? Like yep, as, a, yep. as a New Yorker now, I might just think like, oh, I'll hop in a taxi and or hop in a black cab and go to this meeting. And mm -hmm. the streets in London are so windy and it's such a spread out city. It's actually faster and cheaper to take the tube. So right. these are right. basics that you learn at these internships that, again, are the younger you can figure it out, the better. 
Um, right, right. Yeah, so came back uh, after that, um, graduated. I was at uh, Morning Becomes Eclectic in LA with the band the spring of my senior year. Um, mm-hmm. By then they had taken on management. Uh, very grateful that it uh, was Mike Luba at Madison House. So it was just emailing yeah. me morning. Yeah. Um, and Mike said to me um, in that control room, he's like, yeah, and when you graduate, you'll come work for me at, at Madison House. That's great. We 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 have um, current ex ex students who who are represented by Madison House okay. right now. Yeah, a couple of different bands, as a matter of fact. Fantastic. It's a very it's a very forward thinking company. They yeah. were doing yeah. things in the early two thousands and even late nineties that yeah. we take for granted and are yeah. super common now. Um, including yeah. successfully suing Ticketmaster, so String Cheese could. I was going to say, I think a lot of that came from their embrace of 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 um, of jam band culture. Yep. Uh, and and made them the iconoclastic type advocate for for that that sort of a um, that sort of an artist, and I think that that's a that's a really valuable thing that they did. They, they were great about that. Yeah, um, and that's not really my type of music, but I'm forever grateful that I was schooled at mm-hmm. a jam band management company, basically because yeah, I've yeah. spent my and and you have too. Like I've spent my entire career building businesses around the artists and taking yeah. care of fans a very close second. And the jammy world does that arguably better than anyone. Exactly. I think that um, even though I could not listen to an entire Grateful Dead album, I took so many things from them. I stole so many things from them business-wise about embracing the fan and, and treating the fan as a partner, not as a subject, um, that uh, I'll, uh, you know, I, I cannot overestimate the value of that, of that cultural you know, moment or, or that cultural orientation, I should say. Um, so, so, so you're out and you're, you're, you're tour managing Dresden Dolls and you put together a massive amount of experience doing that. How'd the next transition come about into actual management, which is, I guess, Whitesmith was next on the, next in the CV or, or, or was there, okay, so what happened between? That's really important. Um, so, okay. yeah, so I worked it out when, when Luba offered me that job, which, by the way, was not posted. I did not apply. I have never yeah. used my resume in my career other than when I had to put one together. Right. Sounds classes. very music businessy. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, let's see. So yeah. So so we worked it out where I would tour manage the band, and then when mm-hmm. I wasn't on the road, I would work at Madison House. So right. that worked out really well because obviously artists pay the tour manager, yeah. and then um, Madison House paid me when I wasn't on the road. So basically, like everyone got double dipping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paid half, but it mm-hmm. it worked out hours wise and all that. So. I tour managed until I was 23. Um, I wasn't challenged by it anymore. Um, I knew some of these venues and hotels better than my neighborhood in Brooklyn. Yeah. And it was perfect timing because um, Luba's business partner at the time, Kevin Morris, um, had just taken on Angelique Kijo. Maybe not just taken on, but he needed help with Angelique Kijo and Taj Mahal. So they tried to like convince me to come off the road. I'm like, I don't need convincing. So they're like, come here. Uh, we, yeah. time. we need help with our artists. So yeah, they're wooing you and you're already wooed. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. done. Um, so, so grateful to have worked for and learned from those guys. Like, like I said, they always put, you know, the artists first, they always Mm -hmm. take care of fans. Mm -hmm. And so I I loved my little life, you know, like worked so hard at Madison House and Madison House was in New York at the time. They also had a New York office. So that's where I was run, I ran around the shows at night. Our office manager was my best friend. Like it was, it was great. But, um, I, it did cross my, I was also really fortunate because this was like 2000. And so a lot of people at labels were getting laid off and mm-hmm. you know, I was at this jam band management company. So right. um, one day Mike Luba came in and he said, um, I'm moving to Miami to work for Michael Cole. 
And um, I had written, so I, I saw a fan come up to Amanda at a show. I was at the merch table or something. And the fan gave her a check for $300 and said, I just want to support you and your art. And maybe yeah. that sounds kind of normal now, but that was not normal in like 2007 or whatever. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. And she had her first solo album coming out. And I knew mm -hmm. the label would never let us do it. But I was like, why can't we do like a suggested donation, like a museum yeah. or something? Like, why are we limiting it to $9.99 on iTunes? Yep. Um, especially when friends and I were like uh, instant messaging zip files back and forth. That was kind of the era we were in. Yeah. So I shared that with... Um, my bosses and Luba's like, we got to get on the, this is great. We got to, you know, even though the label would never let us. So great it. that it was embraced. That's lovely. Well, yeah. I, I said the other boss's name. I don't usually say his name, but um, the other boss was like, uh, this will never work. Go back to working yeah. on your bands. Um, yeah. So I was kind of doing it on the side, even though I knew legally the label would never let us do it. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, going to bed one night, looking at my Blackberry at the time and Bob Lefset sent an email saying, click this sounds like spam, but it wasn't. And yeah. it was heads in Rainbows. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I went into the office the next day and the Nathan boss's favorite band was Radiohead. So ah. he was like, Radiohead stole your idea. Yeah, vindication um, is, is a bitch goddess. Totally. Um, but <coughs> I passed along my business plan to Bob Ezrin, who produced right. Floyd's The Wall amongst a million other right. things. And so basically Luba was going to be a part of this half a billion dollar division of mm -hmm. Live Nation called Live Nation Artists. Mm -hmm. um, the first signees were Madonna, U2, and Jay-Z. You know, that's mm -hmm. turned into Rock Nation and these yep. other things. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, so Ezrin wanted to meet me. He's like, I need, I was 24. He's like, mm -hmm. I need someone young that gets this stuff. And mm -hmm. so I, so this was in Miami. I picked up and moved to Miami. I left wow. Miami, which was super hard. Yeah. Wow. Um, and going into it, I was like, this is either going to be the biggest thing ever or a big disaster. Mm -hmm. um, if it's a disaster, it'll be a great learning experience. I, I mm -hmm. really need it like grad school. I was really like the only one under 40, let alone under 30. Wow. And for a few months, it was like the greatest think tank ever. Wow. Um, I mean, Ezrin would just be like, what do you think of this technology? Try this, do this, whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah. That's wonderful. Like, what a great so thing. Cool. Yeah. And yeah. so they're like, okay, well, we just did a little million dollar deal with this guy, Zach Brown. So mm -hmm. we're going to give you Zach Brown band because you know how to use the internet. Right. Um, and I was like, okay, I don't know anything about country, but what are his ticket counts in Nashville? And it was mm -hmm. 40, four zero. <laughs> so wow. we, had, we had some work to do. Um, so yeah, so I was, I was hustling, working super hard on Zach uh, at all mm -hmm. levels. And then mm -hmm. my friend, John Rasso, um, who is a veteran of many labels. And what, was he Roadrunner? Wasn't he Roadrunner? He was, John Rasso? He, he probably was because I think he was. He has been at so many labels because he says he's like I was always assigned the album after the hit. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. I know John Rasso was at was at Roadrunner. Yeah, yeah, he definitely was because I worked with him at Roadrunner in like in the nineties. Yeah, so John has mm -hmm. been through this, and yep. he told me he's like, "Hey, there's rumors in the Wall Street Journal that Cole and mm -hmm. Rapino aren't getting along," and I was like, "Oh, I'm busy. I don't. I'm busy with Zach. Whatever." Mm -hmm. And he called me one day, I, I like slept in on a Monday, all the boss, I'd flown in from New York, all the bosses were flying to LA to see Zach. And John's like, I just walked in and they handed me a severance package. And I was like, what? I was like, what do I do? And he's like, you just, you come in and get the severance package. <laughs> yeah, that's what you right? do. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, really quick on that, because it's such a blip on the radar for me. But of course, I was in tears and stressed and didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I just point that out that like, you're going to get laid off sometimes, you're going to get fired sometimes, yeah. like, it's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and quickly, Luba being the righteous person that he is, I called him, he, he, he called me and he's like, I just landed in LA and I have 76 new voicemails. Like, what's the <laughs> I was just laid off and yeah. he's like, you were on the special list. And I was like, well, this is- You were on the special list. Yeah, but he was right like, 
he's like, we have an artist on the road. Zach's on the road. We have to do right by him. <laughs> work out of your Gmail, work out of your cell phone. Don't worry about your rent or your groceries. Like, right. you know, I'll take care of it. Wow. Um, so yeah, so long story short, uh, cause also Live Nation tried to rehire me the next day. I was like, mm-hmm. no, maybe look at who you're, you know, laying off before you mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had job offers. I was, I was really fortunate, but Lubin Ezrin sat me down and they're like, you know, all sides of this business. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you should move back to New York and start a management company. And there were artists asking to work with me and, and they knew yeah. that. And they were also, yep. they were blocked by a huge non-compete. So they're like, right. you're totally welcome to stay with us. We're going to do big things, but mm-hmm. we can't do music for two years. And that's not you. Got um, it. So if you need money to start a management company, thankfully mm-hmm. I didn't because I had revenue generating artists that wanted mm-hmm. to work with me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I started, uh, it was called Whizzle Inc. for a second. I didn't really incorporate from my couch. And my <laughs> I was stuck there in a lease, um, but we did get um, Live Nation to cover the lease. And then yeah, mm-hmm. partnered with a comedy manager and uh, launched White Smith Entertainment in 2008. Love it. And you've been a manager ever since. Um, I, I think, um, I, you know, I'm conscious of, of our time. So I want um, to. Uh, okay. I, I mean, uh, obviously, I don't I don't I don't want to assume. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about I, I want you to be able to speak to management since um, since Whitesmith. Uh, and kind of where, you know, you made an illusion the other day in intro that I thought was interesting. You're talking about potential retirement from a piece of the business, which if you care to speak about that, I'd love to hear about that. Um, and I also want to get to I Voted. And I want to talk about your feelings about um, mindfulness in the music industry. We also have three questions that are here. So however you want to work all this stuff in, let's, let's go. Let's just, let's do it. Great. Was the first one about management Uh, management since uh, the formation of Whitesmith? Yeah, it was great. Um, We, you know, we had, we had an awesome time. Um, We worked in music and comedy. Um, We managed, I mean, Carrie should take credit for the comedy stuff, but I I worked on all the comedy albums. Um, But on the comedy side, we managed Margaret Cho, W. Kamau Bell. We had writers on John Oliver. the music side was always super strong. Um, I was on a swimming scholarship. Um, my parents are award-winning swim, swimming coaches. My grandfather's in the Swimming Hall of Fame. So um, I, I, that was not a part of my life in my 20s at all. In fact, I wanted to get away from it and just be music, music stuff all the time. Um, but there was this really incredible athlete named Anthony Irvin that won a gold medal in 2000, um, retired at, at 19 and retired, which is young for a guy, and retired very abruptly to play in bands and travel the world and cover his body in tattoos and take psychedelic drugs and do things that probably most people in their twenties do, but not always swimmers, which I could say, they know swimmers. Um, And any, like pretty much any Olympic swimmer anyone's ever heard of Mm -hmm. goes until they get knocked out. Cause the, I think making the U S Olympic swim team is the hardest sports team in the world to make. And I'll spare you why, but in particular, we're so deep as a country and it comes down to Congress. So um, Anthony, no pun, no pun intended, I would imagine. Yeah, totally. So again, so Anthony won a gold medal in 2000 and then yeah. re-emerged in 2012 and wow. made the U S Olympic team. Wow. And I know. And I was like, who's that good that takes a decade off to like smoke cigarettes and play in bands and stuff. And then re-emerges with these like sleeve tattoos and this Rolling Stone feature and like following wow. cool bands on Twitter. And I, I was so fascinated by the whole thing. And so I emailed into his website after London. Um, he got fifth, and I would rarely say this about an elite athlete, but and he swims the 50 free, so everything's got to be perfect. 
Mm. Um, he had the worst start I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, he's only been back in the water for like a year. He's just got to work on his start. That's like the coach's kid in me. Yeah. Um, I do think yeah. if he had won a medal because he was such a media darling, he'd be with CAA or, or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. So yeah. I, I emailed into his website um, when he was done competing in London. Mm-hmm. I'd never done anything like that. I said, this is me and my company. This is my background in the sport. I have a bunch of ideas for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you have representation, but let me know if you want to set up a call or a meeting. And he's like, which by the way is, is, is an indicator as to whether or not to accept management. Do they have ideas? Yeah. If a manager nice. wants to manage you and has no ideas run. That's, totally. uh, I mean, I can't think of a better criteria yeah. for management. Well, you'll love this. So it's okay. So he writes back and he says, oh, you know, I'll be, you had me at the word odyssey. I'll be in New York, <laughs> you know, in a few weeks and I'd love to sit down. So we do. Yeah. And he said yes pretty quickly, which was kind of crazy because I'd never, I mean, I have this deep family background in it, but I'd never really worked in sports my first mm-hmm. half of the night. So the first thing he says is, um, well, I want to go on the World Cup circuit and go to Asia and the Middle East and compete and stuff. And um, I'm just going to put the expenses on my credit card and hope I win some prize money. And it was like $10,000 worth of expenses. And I was like, well, why don't we do a Kickstarter? Like if you were a band who got a support yeah. tour or something last minute, that's what we would do. And, yeah. and Anthony's super like hip and well-read. And this, this was 2012, but still he was, and he yeah. said, what's that? Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, Kickstarter rejected it because they don't work in sports. Um, so we did an Indiegogo campaign. It was super successful. It was like follow Anthony around the world, you know, Great. like winning uh, yeah. his medals and all that. Um, so yeah, so I've always managed him like a band because that's mm-hmm. what I know how to do. Um, and he's the rock star of Olympic swimming. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I speak the language of the sport. So that's really important too. Um, I mean, pursue- To be conversant in your area. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Lovely, pursue great, great your, piece of advice. Yeah, pursue your passions for sure. But like I said, it's like if when a tennis player writes to me, I'm like, you don't want me managing your tennis career because with Anthony, and again, like I'm really- I, I feel weird saying this, but it's like, I manage another Olympic gold medalist who's the GM of a pro swim team. And like, she mm-hmm. might say, she would probably say I know more about swimming than she does. And I credit my family for that. So right. what I'm trying to say is like, you know, something lucrative would come up for Anthony. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, I don't usually comment on such things, but I was like, I think, is that, isn't that like prime training time? He's like, oh yeah, you're right. I should turn mm-hmm. this down. So I know oh. the flow of the season and what they're supposed to be doing when. Long right. story short, Anthony won the gold medal in the 50 free in 2016 by one one hundredth. He became the oldest Olympic champion in swimming history, longest oh, 16 years in between gold medals. That was one of the coolest experiences of my life. It was like having a hit song. You know, You're damn right. Through the roof. Amazing. So, um, yeah. So I've expanded to two other swimming clients. Uh, so I, I, I only have three three sports or swimming clients, but I was on with a pretty big webcasting company the other day. They're like, whoa, your swimming roster is awesome. So it's like, if you whoa. know the sport, like, you, you know, you know my yeah. people. Um, so yeah, so Carrie Smith left management a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Um, we're on totally good terms. It wasn't financial. It wasn't personal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said to um, a protege at, at Whitesmith, I was like, hey, you know, I'd love to start a new company with you. Mm-hmm. On one hand, I want it to be whatever you want. On the other, we're just moving our music and sports divisions over. So That's so great. Great. And that's why, where you are now. So there is another significant thing in your life right now. And that other significant thing is uh, hashtag I voted. So um, I want to talk about that. And I want to talk a little bit about wellness. um, uh, Some of the wellness issues that we touched on a little bit earlier. Um, Let's, let's just make sure to get into I voted right now. And then, um, and then, and, and then we can proceed from there. Cool. So you get to hear this for the third time this week, but it's okay. Pretend I didn't. 
Less than I voted team members or my neighbors probably. So, (laughs) um, so I'm originally from Wisconsin where the presidential election was decided by 22,000 votes and change in 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, it was decided by 10,000 votes and change in Michigan. Um, I'd read that voter turnout was down in Milwaukee where I'm from. And I was like 22,000, that's our basketball arena. Um, why don't we put together a sick concert and tie in voting? And I realized if we took the concept national, we could have that much more impact. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. We launched hashtag I voted for the 2018 midterm elections. We activated over 150 venues in 37 states to let fans in on election night who show a selfie from outside their polling place. Mm -hmm. Um, A ton of just amazing national acts performed. uh, Billie Eilish, Jim James, Living Color, it goes on and on. Um, Got all this great press, and it was just myself and an intern working on it. It was just an idea that caught fire. Mm -hmm. So now uh, we've pivoted, if that's a word, under the pandemic, Mm -hmm. and we've been- I maintain that's a word. Okay, thank you. Um, We've been inviting artists to perform via webcast. Uh, Fans can access the stream by RSVPing with a Mm -hmm. selfie at home with their blank mail-in ballot or from outside their polling place. If they're not 18 by November 3rd, they can uh, RSVP with a video letting us know what election they will be 18 for and why they're excited to vote. Mm -hmm. And if they're not a U.S. citizen, they can RSVP anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead of just getting artists that we hope people will like or that we think that they'll like, um, we partnered with Chartmetric and we've been using their data to invite the top streaming artists in and or from each state. Um, We're not funded, so we're focused on 20 uh, swing states, you know, Mm -hmm. battleground states. Mm -hmm. And we've confirmed uh, roughly 500 artists to date um, which, Amazing. although it's under crappy circumstances, it makes I voted um, the largest music festival mm-hmm. of the year. And I guess we're going to smash the world record for the largest single night digital concert in history. Bravo. All in support of voter turnout. And so we're a 100-person volunteer team. Our executive team is 100% women and non-binary. Our mm-hmm. booking team is over 70% women, non-binary, and people of color. Um, that's mm-hmm. a first for the industry until someone tells me it isn't. And I'm just blown away with... Um, you know, the, the level of folks volunteering their time yeah. on the team. And I'm also really inspired by all the students uh, helping out as volunteers as well. Amazing. It's a great initiative. It's going to be, it's going to be a big night and um, congratulations on pulling that all together. But more importantly, thank you for pulling that together. It's a huge service to be doing people to, to, to make sure that, that people vote. Um, I have a couple of questions from students that were submitted. Um, one of them touches on the area that I want to get into with you. Um, Nas Harrison asks, um, how do you stay calm and secure in the cutthroat world of the music industry? Yeah, I love that. Well, you know, calmness, I think that comes from taking care of yourself. Not that I was always the best at that by any means, mm-hmm. um, but I'm huge on sleep. I prioritize sleep and anyone I preach this to that listens, it changes their life. On it, like not to be dramatic, but it's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I exercise every day and that is mostly for mental health and <clears> mental <throat> wellness and staying yeah. calm. It's like, um, I, I can't swim as much in New York city during the pandemic, but I used mm-hmm. to swim every morning and like sometimes like scream underwater and just get my rage out. And it's like, I'd rather do that than like mm-hmm. be, a, be frustrated with a team member or something. Yeah. So, it's exercise. important to get the rages out when you can. It really is. 
Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I eat super healthy. I hydrate. I mean, not, I, not sound like the lamest person ever. Like I don't drink anymore. Like, yeah. um, but meditation is my other secret weapon. Um, and I, you know, I would open all my NYU classes with a meditation and yep. saying like, you know, this is really important to me personally, yep. but it's yep. also like the best life hack and work hack ever. Yep. So I do a five minute meditation. Um, not, you know, it's not anything to overthink, just focusing on the breath. Um, before I sit down to work, before I talk to you, before I write a big email, before I, you know, do a big call. So that's really important. And then um, the secure question, I've never gotten that question before. What a great one. Yeah. Um, I am really confident in what I do because I've mastered all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to not- because, because why? Because you've put in the hours. Yes. Right? I mean, forgive me for yeah. interrupting. But okay. there is there is the follow-on, right? It's, it's, yeah. it, it's not, you, you didn't magically master. Yeah. You, you put in the hours, you, you, you did the grind. And that's I what's- that's I didn't skip any steps. <clears throat> right. Like it's a rung on the ladder situation. And I yep. remember- a journalist saying to me like, Hey, I just met this, you know, aspiring tour manager. Would you mind talking to her? And I was like, yeah, of course. And she said, I guess I'll suck it up and do merch for a while. And I was like, suck it up. Like I love merch. Like yeah. it, for so many reasons. And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's really important to master that stuff. And you know, anyone who will run a company will tell you like, it's not glamorous. You know, I, I think, I wonder if my team respects me for this or and i'm talking about 100 person i voted team or it drives them crazy like i mean our coo has said she's she's like you don't miss a thing it's like if an email doesn't get responded to like by an intern or whatever the next day i'm like hey are you okay like what's going on here yeah it's it's not as glamorous as people think in fact when people Mm -hmm. ask me my favorite thing about my job it's um that i control my time and that's not Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. but it's cool to me so, um, so yeah, so the, um, the being secure thing. Um, yeah, I am confident in, in what I do because I've mastered this stuff. However, right. um, when there's something I don't know, I am the first to ask. Like I have no shame. I, I've even had like high level colleagues be like, I love them. Like, cause it, it could be something really obvious. I'm like, I don't understand that. I don't know that term. I don't know what that means. Yeah. So, I love that you say that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So the just, smartest people, the smartest people are not afraid to say like, uh, I'm sorry. I don't know what that means. Like, can you, and and I've had brilliant people say to me, explain that to me as if I was five. Yeah. Like it's a huge, it's a hugely valuable thing to be able to do. And I, I I can't, I can't overstate that to to anybody. So um, uh, that's a great answer. And thank you for taking the time to do that. I have, I have one other question from. One quick uh, thing to add to that. Yeah. Push past your comfort zone, which you referenced in the earlier talk, push past your comfort zone ethically of course but mm-hmm. i used to be i mean again i'm like a jock kid from a sports family so i was like mm-hmm. i thought venues were so cool i was so intimidated you know mm-hmm. like i remember like helping out at those first dresden doll shows like oh my gosh i'm like how do i wrap a cable like what am i doing mm-hmm. and then again those places became second home so you just have right. i was in tears on that you know first week of the nine inch nails tour like yeah. you know the production manager for nine inch nails is like <laughs> really quick on that like we show up it's like you know it's like Brian Viglione, me and our sound, we're just like these three little people and they're just this huge crew and mm-hmm. everything. And it's in the rain outside of the Fillmore in, in San Francisco and we like knock and this English production manager comes out and he's like, where's your banner? And I think I have the right answer. I'm like, oh, it's in Colorado getting licensed and fireproof. So we're going to pick it up two shows in. And the first thing this guy says to me is, Trent's not going to be happy about this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for that. There's a new business manager asking me for, like, upset with me because I don't have spreadsheets, you know? So you just have to 
do the work, push past it, because within three years, I wasn't challenged by that stuff anymore. And I, and I had mastered it. Right, right. Yeah, everything, everything uncomfortable gets comfortable. And sometimes those, those, those really, what, what seem like the most hostile environments, I think they end up becoming the homiest. Totally. Because you've worked out a way to be comfortable in what is an unfriendly situation or an uncomfortable situation. Um, the, um, one more question for you, and uh, this will be our last question. Um, okay. It's, it's uh, by Angel Gregorian. She says, uh, I have a question for Emily. What sustains the drive which pushes you in so many directions? You've been successful in vastly different areas. Is there a similarity or a single point such as managing which makes you inclined to all of them? Or did you fall into your most loved fields all at once or at different times? And how? Well, when you thanked me for doing I Voted, my response is, I can't not. So I wouldn't wish the entrepreneur's mind on most people. Right. Um, I, I can't not do this stuff. And I know it sounds like I've done a lot and I have, but I wasn't doing it all at the same time. Right. right? And it's like, right Great now fun. my life is I Voted. The new book is doing really well, so I'm happy to do speaking stuff or promo around that. But those are my two main things. I mean, I am ridiculously fortunate that my management clients are like, go work on I voted. Don't worry about us, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. <it's never> <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I don't know if I take that correct. If I take that well. Oh my gosh! But I do have, you know, great. Well, our business, my business partner is now I voted CMO, but yes. I have a great day to day manager. Like, you know, everybody's, you know, working mm -hmm. together. So yeah, it's handled. It's, yeah. It's not like, and again, like, you know, when we started Whitesmith, people used to be like, oh, that's so forward thinking. You do music and comedy. I'm like, I was laid off. Her boss was kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then yeah. I would get the same comments about sports. Like, oh, I've always wanted to have a sports division. I'm like, I'm the kid of swim coaches. I, that's my, no pun intended, that's my lane. You well, know, I don't mind sharing. Like, I, you know, my son is a is a pro athlete. My my youngest is a, is a pro surfer, budding. You know, developing pro surfer. Um, and I reached out to you to say, Emily, like, what's the deal with athletes? Like, what do I need to know that I don't know? And you're like, Are oh, you already know everything that you need to know? It's the same as it is with a rock band. It's the same as it is with a musical artist. And and that message I repurposed so many times in my classes. I said I I, I told the same story. Like, oh, I thought it was this big mysterious thing and there's a whole other domain and what should I do? No, it's that wash, rinse, repeat routine of, 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 of connecting with people on socials, of collecting data, of, of telling the story, of creating this facility between artist and audience, for lack of a better word. Um, understanding the business to business connections need to be developed right alongside the business to consumer or fan connections. It, that, it, it, it was it was a duh moment for me that wasn't, that wasn't duh. It was, it was a brilliant piece of advice. Um, and I think it's one of your innovations. I think that you, you basically correlating it to this very simple thing is a, is a very powerful innovation and something that, um, that is important to have done. Thank you. And quickly, Anthony Irvin is our first athlete uh, who's a part of I Voted. He's going to do an oh. exclusive video message on election yeah, night. Mostly cool. That's the main thing he's been talking to me about this year. And I was like, do you want to be our first athlete doing something? Then we could ask some NBA guys and stuff. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'd love to. So oh, that's awesome. all this stuff. But again, it's something I know and love. And then I make sense of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which you're very good at. And thank you for doing that too. Because we need people like you in this business. And most importantly, the young women that we have in this, in this program need 
phenomenal examples of exceptional women uh, and you're one of them as well. Um, and so thank you for, for setting a great example for being a point of reference for the people in this program. It's a huge, huge thing. Um, so I wanna thank you for taking the time to do this. Uh, Emily, Emily White, uh, everybody, um, you can, uh, I, I'll supply you guys information on how you can apply to be a part of I Voted Concerts. Uh, there is a need for artist liaisons. I will send you uh, two email addresses where you can send your resumes if you wanna do that. Um, you are well supported in that, but it's a great experience for anybody who wants to be a part of it. So I urge any of you who want to be a part of uh, I Voted Concerts to, um, to shoot your resume to, uh, uh, to, to be a part of that, uh, to be an artist liaison. But uh, in any event, thank you so much, Emily, for all the time you've given us this week. Two intro classes and forum above and beyond. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much. I'm very grateful. So my pleasure. Anytime, Billy. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you.